Greetings and welcome to another special Out the Box Talks episode. I am your host, Krill. I want to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning in. Thank you for keeping consistent. You know, if you've been, you know, following our shows on a regular basis, whether it be every Friday, you know, or whenever you get a chance to listen to, I really just want to say I appreciate you. We have another special show um, set up for you today. Again, this is episode 48. So um, I'm just excited to have the artist that we have on the line today. He has been doing this thing for quite some time. I want to say all the way back to 2013, if not before, he's been releasing projects. He's put out a number of projects just in this year alone. I, I want to say at least six projects from the Afro Street 2, the Shikara album, to the Charles de Gaulle project. And the uh, the last three projects that came out, you know, he put out a project called um, Street Universe with producer Giallo Point. The Stuff of a Legend with Rodata. And um, as you're hearing the episode today, you know, the, as this episode is launching, he has a new album out called uh, Dragon Ball G. So we're going to talk to him about these projects as well as his journey as an MC. So without further ado, I would like to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening audience. Brother, originally hailing from... The D.C. area, known as Napoleon the Legend. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Napoleon. What's going on, man? How you doing, man? How's everything with you? Everything is blessed, brother. Yes, welcome to Out the Box, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. No doubt. Honored to be there. Indeed, indeed. So, like I said earlier in the intro, man, I know you've put out so much within this year. I have to say I'm not familiar with your entire catalog, but in recent months, I've gotten really, really um, connected with some of your recent projects. And I've been hearing your name for quite some time. So I think it was only a matter of time, you know, I was able to get you on the show to kind of talk about your music. So again, welcome. What's up? What's up, brother? Happy to be here, man. Indeed. Indeed. So, as always, with the beginning of these shows, I like to give the artists a chance to tell our listeners a little something about their history. So, you know, for the people that may not know, just tell them how your journey to become an MC all began. Like, when did you say, you know what, I'm going to pick up this pen and this is going to be a part of my path in lyricism? Well, back when I was in... um the D.C., Maryland area growing up, um, just hip-hop being all around, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything out, listening on the radio, and I would go outside bumping in cars when we used to play basketball on court. We was playing it, you know, boomboxes playing it in the side. Just fell in love with it, and it was just like everybody else. I fell in love with it as a fan, as it just, the music just spoke to me. I'm, I'm originally from Morris Island, Africa, and, um, yeah, African music, reggae, but hip-hop was, like, the new thing, you know what I mean? And um, once I, I, I started seeing some some of my friends from around the way just recording things and just rapping, I just thought it was, you know, I thought it was amazing because it was, like, it just brought it really close. It's not like at that point 
I would see shows or be, be privy to go to concerts or anything like that. So it was mostly something that seemed foreign to me until I seen my friends do it. And then it was just naturally just try to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just caught the bug and it just, it was just something that I just fell in love with instantly. Talk to me about your experience on the continent. Like what, how old uh, were you? Um, you know, like, as far like as I, I grew up, I grew up, I grew up, I didn't grow up in Africa. I was born in Paris, France. My, both of my parents are from the Comores Island, but I, but I did, I did go back there several times when I was young. I had the opportunity to see what it was out there. So, um, I, I experienced, you know, what 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 the life my my parents had experienced, you know, like I seen how they grew up, you know, back in the village. That it was a, it's a Comoros Island is a very it was is a very poor country, so mm-hmm. it's like poverty here is a lot different than poverty there. Like poverty here is like you still go to the house to have a TV, they have they might have PlayStation, they might you know what I'm saying, yeah. but they live in poor because they. They they still going paycheck to paycheck. They might have trouble paying lights over there. Poverty is like dirt floors. It's getting water from a well. It's probably not having electricity when you want or water when you want. Even if you pay it or not, it might just cut off because the the government's not doing its job. It's you know cousins, you know stealing food from 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 their own other cousins and sh- and stuff like that. So it's like. It gave me a good reference point as to how how blessed I felt for having the opportunity to be here and and having having more opportunity than the average person you know in the world. When you're living in America, you don't realize that yo, as hard as it is, and 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 it's especially now, it's not good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like because people have messed up due to this COVID and the economy's tanking, all that. But it's still even at that point, when the economy was going well, um, relatively, it's, I felt privileged to be here and have the opportunity to like just just develop myself as a person. Dope, dope. Wow, man, it's a very interesting history, man, and you know, and just to be able to be privy to that um, experience, I- I'm sure speaks a lot to your viewpoint in the world does that um have an effect on you know your lyrics and and what you choose to write about yeah definitely man because um you know i i I do have a unique very unique perspective and i'm aware of that Mm -hmm. and uh and like i i like i like to put i I like to put all that in my rhyme And, and and even even when it comes to african music and even when it comes to like uh you know the French language and things like that it makes me yeah. think of words differently. It made me think so. It makes me think of terms differently. Of names, you might hear names of like African philosophers in my rhyme. Yeah, you might hear things that I, you know, like things where I talk about problems outside of America too. You know, because yeah. like I said, I, I have relationships there. I go back. I travel. I got a chance to travel. Uh, more than the average person, and I feel like my art has to represent who I am, like holistically, like the whole thing. I don't like to just pigeonhole myself where I just talk about one or two or three yeah. subjects. Like a lot of what music is right now, I feel like a lot of a lot of uh, artists, well, yeah, and, and as good as they are, and I love the music. A lot of times, I feel like not many rappers dwell in a lot of subjects. It's yeah. like usually in a box where like, okay, they just talk about streets and the drug game or they'll just talk about 
strippers and 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 that type of stuff or you know what i'm saying and, and me i i feel like those rappers like 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 somebody like a nah somebody like a J, somebody like a Pac, where i could talk about more things yeah i can definitely see that in your music with the 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 music that i've already experienced in your catalog i can see the diversity i mean there's diversity even in within one album you can see the diversity right. in one album so i see that in your right. music now, one of the things that, you know, was always interesting to me and it was always curious to me was that you're named after Napoleon Bonaparte. But when you listen to your music, you know, um, you know, you talk highly about, um, you know, black people's struggles or, you know, black ele elegance or African people's elegance. But, um, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte is known to have a pretty negative effect on African peoples of the past. So I'm just curious to know your inspiration for naming yourself after Napoleon. Do you care to like explain that? Yeah. Um, well, Napoleon, it was actually a nickname that I was given when I was young. Mm. So I, I, when I was playing basketball, you know, I had a short stature and I, and I was like a point guard, but I was a scorer. Like I was, you know, I was averaging, I think my, my last year in high school, I was averaging 27 points a game as like a point guard, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not tall in size. And I used to play pickup games with like people like Allen Iverson, Moochie Norris, NBA players and all that in DC. So, and so they nicknamed me like in the streets when I used to go around never Napoleon, because I would talk a lot of shit. I would play like a big man, but I was short. You understand what I'm saying? So it was something people would call me. So we heard about Napoleon's history and all that. But, um, Everybody would call me that. And then when it came to rapping, I just transitioned and using that name and I changed. I, I mean, it wasn't Napoleon Bonaparte, it was just Napoleon. So I added the legend just to be like, look, one, I'm projecting myself in the future. And two, I'm writing my own personal legend. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I could take that, reformat it, and create that whole history. The thing is, everybody, if we're honest with ourselves, everybody is a duality. Nobody is all good or all bad. Everybody has shit. Napoleon, first thing most people think about when they think about Napoleon is him coming from a small island in the, the south southeast of France called Corsica. I come from a small island originally from the southeast of Africa called Comoros, and he went out and tried to conquer the world. Mm. Obviously, I'm not going to war and killing people. I'm just, right. but that, and that part of ambitious where he came from nothing and, and, and was, you know, a meg megalomaniac, a mad kind of like, you got to kind of be crazy to be like, I'm going to do that. But to be honest, to, to come from nothing and, and be like me and to try to make it in the rap world, you got to be kind of crazy too, because it's not, it's not like something anybody could just pick up and do because the competition is so big. So you need to have that type of attitude where like, look, I'm here to knock y'all out the box and I'm here to create my own space. So I take that part of Napoleon and through, and, and the music is a conduit where I'm for the people first. And yeah. if people look at what Napoleon did, most of the people that are heads of state and things like that, they, they, they are involved in terrible things. But Napoleon also did good things too. You know what I mean? And that's to be real. If you look at the history, like he built a lot of different things in some nations where he improved this and that and the third. But like, yo, at that time, 
white dudes, they're all racist. It's the same thing when you call, when cats call themselves after like these white Italian gangsters that are racist and all that. They mm -hmm. never reached the peak with Napoleon, but you put in that damn helm, they be doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's common in hip hop too. I, I, you tend to hear it a yeah, lot. Like, in like we, yeah, like we, we take bad people. He's a, he's a, he's a bad, he, he's a bad dude. He's a problematic ass dude, but he has, it's pressure when you hear that name. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like, from a rap standpoint, it's kind of like the character. I'm going to be pressure. I'm going to be Napoleon. I'm going to smash these, these tracks. That type of thing. Okay. Thank you for that explanation, man. I was always curious to know that. So I appreciate the explanation. No, it's, le it's, it's legit. I like when people ask me and question me about it. But like I said, you got to understand that, like, I was called that even before. I yeah, you did say that. Like I was out there killing in the course. Like yo, Napoleon. I thought it was mad cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. kept it. Then you learn some things. And look, man. Who knows what's gonna happen in the future? But for now, like I'm gonna stick to it while I while I still I gain ground in this game. Got it. Got it. So one of the things uh, I really, really wanted to talk to you about was your project street universe well you know that that and some of the other projects that you recently released and i have to say yeah. like i said earlier man you've just been so consistent so let me actually start by saying that you put out at least six projects already within the year tell me a little bit about how you've been able to just bang projects out over and over like how have you been able to be so consistent well, it's, it's several things. Um, I would say that, well, in the last three years, I've been on a, on yes. a certain type of zone. That's you know, true. because in 2018, I put out 10 projects. Last year, I put out six. This year, I put out six, right? And, I, 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 and the year's not even done yet, so I'm not even sure what you got next. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think I think this year I'm pretty Dragon Ball okay. G. Yo, it's gonna be that's gonna be it for the year. I'm good. I'm working on other stuff, but I'm not I'm not rushing. One thing is that I've been on a certain zone where it's like it's been like pouring out of me, so to speak, like the inspiration that I have, like, and I've been taking it where people show me love. I'm 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 pretty much able to get beats from anybody that I would like to. I mean, I have too much, too many beats right now. Like I I, I have to, I can't even keep up. And also, like I said, I have so much to say, and I feel like, I you know, I time has always been like this thing that's in the forefront of my head. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, damn, I'm alive. Like I made it to today. So. Let me use this day right. And I think life is, to me, life is how you use your time. And I, I just, I just instead of having somebody else pimp me and I've got to go to work or something, or i got to work with somebody to get work to, to, to get it off on the street or something like that, I'd rather pimp myself with this music. So I'm pimping myself in this pen. I'm like, yo, I can write like this. This is easy. Cats who have been around me know that I, the way I rhyme, the way I put songs together is like clockwork. Like I, I I could run circles around around wow. a lot of these cats just naturally, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I might as well just use it for a good cause, man. I put my energy towards that, and it is what it is. Because look, tomorrow anything can happen, mm. and I might I might not I might not have inspiration. Life things can happen. I might just get tired of it, whatever, whatever. So while I'm still enthusiastic about it, yo, I'm a, a that's the type of music you're gonna get out of me. Mm. So let me ask you something. When you say zone, that was a key word. Does the enthusiasm 
link up with that that word zone? It 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 does. It definitely does because it's like I write off emotion, so it's like I don't think no more. Like that was mm. something I used to do. I used to like think, but now it's like I think I got Just it. Going. I got it down so much, Pat. I'm having so much fun that I like. I let it. I let it come to me, and it hasn't failed me yet. So I write on the on the moment, like whatever I'm thinking on the moment for better, or for worse. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I can't believe I, you know, I went there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I might've been angry that day or something like that, but I'll stay true to that moment. If I think it's dope, it is what it is. Indeed. Indeed. So talk to me about the street universe album with Giallo point. How did you and him come together? Like what's your history and how did this project manifest? Um, so, I forgot exactly who reached out to who, but I think it was a, a it was a thing where um, I had heard an interview with an artist talking about and giving him high praise, and the, the artist spoke. I forgot who it was, but it just said that yo, the, the interviewer asked him about Gallo Point, and he said he's from the UK, and he said he don't know how he keeps up and does all his things. So I'm like, oh, this little guy got a real work ethic, and I've, I've heard the name, mm-hmm. so. I think I might have reached out to him and he was like, yo, I'm a fan of you. And since like, all right, cool, let me send you some beats. Let's work. And he kept sending me beats and he has a limited, seemingly a limited amount of beats. And, you know, most of them are really dope. You know, he has his style, really dark, you know, sounds, sounds like the street. He got that gritty shit. He from, he from UK. And, um, I guess he's from that that school of like the mob deeps and all that. Like it's it's that it's that type of shit that I like too. Mm-hmm. So he we 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 OD like we we had enough joints to put out an album, and we kept working. So to be honest with you, around even the middle of last year, we had all three albums, but we put out one and then two. And this this was the third installment. We got Coup d'état one, Coup d'état two, right. and this is the third installment. So that's just, and we have more joints, but it's like we just picked and choose which ones we wanted. You know? Dope, dope. You know, I got a chance to really listen to the project. So what I want to do from this point on is I want to kind of go through some of the different songs on the project and reference some of the lines. Are you cool with that if I if I go through some of the lyrics, bro? Yeah, go ahead. Wonderful. So one of the tracks that stood out to me is um, Bloodless Coop. You have a line Mm. that goes, in my own land, my goal is to own land and grow plants and gracefully becoming of age as an old man. Mm. Now, that line stood out to me because, you know, it talks about, you know, longevity and success and being able to enjoy your fruits, right? And um, Yeah. I'm just curious, as an artist or someone who has a career, you know, as an independent in the entertainment business, what do you think has to be in place for someone to get there? If you had to just think about your plans and that that being able to get to that place. That's a a good question. I mean, it's it's a complicated question because Uh there's there's like... um, small things like in place as you, the individual, the artist and whatever your, your circle and your team. And then there's the, the larger things, which is societal. Like do we have things in place to allow people to live correctly? You know what I'm saying? Which is one might not coincide with the other. As far as me talking to myself, as, as you can see how I've been um, going on with these three years as like, 
sacrificing a lot of different things that I could be doing mm-hmm. to make music. You know, I'm very focused on like the craft. You know, I, I, I was a time where growing up, you know, I used to have all these ideas of what it was to be a rapper, not knowing, you know, and being around DC, Maryland, there's not a lot, a lot of rappers there. Like, especially at that time. Right. I, when I, mo- I moved, I ended up moving to Brooklyn for music and I learned what the game was about and I was around other rappers, other, other like legends, successful rappers and this and that. And I didn't know nothing about the game at that point. That was probably eight years ago. Mm. And um, I, I used to, didn't know. I thought like maybe to be in rap, you had to be put on by somebody. You had to do this or you had to do that. And when I re- came to the realization that it's not about that. It's probably around 2016. Like, let me just focus on my craft and and making dope projects and putting them out and just putting my head down and see where it leads. It started creating to the point where I started creating around my life the fact that I can live off this. I have a career. I have actual fans. So I don't have to worry about nobody. Like, you know, I don't have, I don't care who wants to do a feature with me or who is producer want to work, but I have my own thing. I could just sit down. If if nobody want to work with me, I can make my own beats and make my own rhymes and can sell them joints. Dragon Ball Z is produced by me top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I put out the vinyl a few weeks ago. It sold out in less than a day. I could do that. I don't need That's nobody. So um, I think if an artist, if, if it's from an artist-centric standpoint, that question, if you're an artist, work on your craft and do it really well. I had a show early when I came to New York. It was at, now I, I went to a show. It was uh, a KRS-One show. And KRS-One said, hip hop, if you do hip hop well, you can live off this. Mm. And, and he said, look, if you got a job, if you got this, you got that, quit. <laughs> if, if you really want to do this hip hop shit, do it. He's like, I know I shouldn't be saying that. I know, right? That's, yeah, like, I, 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 that's like jumping yeah, that's, off, like, you know? Right, right. No, he said that. He said that. And I think I was probably the only one in the crowd that was like, yeah, yeah. Right. And and I, and I, I did that. Like I had, I had, I had work at that point. You know, I just just moved to New York, New York. I was still trying to get, catch my bearings, but I quit everything. I started going hard with this music shit. And here I am to this day. It's the best thing I ever did. Not saying everybody could do it the same way. Right. But practicing my craft and like really, really trying to trying to add on to the culture and not looking for somebody to give me something i think was the best thing for me mm, mm. so and and, and and i'm just building year by year until like like i said in that song you know like i could have my piece of land i could grow my yeah. own food and i could age gracefully because a lot of artists don't it's hard life. It's a hard life for many. It's a lot of unhealthy things that we do. We live at night. Yeah. There's a lot of drugs, alcohol, you know, women, all types of temptations there. But I think a little bit of discipline, like uh, Rest in Peace Guru says in that song with Gangstar, uh, like helps. And, and that's that's my goal. My right. goal is to age gracefully in this. Mm. You know, we, we spoke about consistency earlier. And I have to say, to be consistent, comes with discipline. Yes. At what point did you realize that your consistency was paying off in terms of rewards? And I mean, you could talk about uh, what the rewards were, but just when you knew okay. that that consistency was like giving you the rewards that you were hoping for. Yes. Uh, I think 
it's twofold question. Yeah. I think I was always had the work ethic and consistency, consistency because it came from basketball. Mm. Since I was exposed to high level playing a basketball and, and not being like the, the tallest person on the court, I had to be really good. I had to develop a lot of skill. So I understood the work ethic to, to be great and to play at a high level. It's like crazy. You got to really sacrifice something. You got to be on it every day. It's not like while other people are playing video games, doing this and that, you out there on the pool practicing your skills. So that, that came with that. So I always had that, even coming to New York. My thing was that with consistency, I had to realize where to put my consistency, my energy towards. Because there was a point where I put out my first album, and it was in New York, 2013, Awakening. I had Raekwon, I had uh, Sean Price, rest in peace, mm-hmm. on it. A lot of people started talking about me. And for three years, I was I, lo- I lost focus because I did features with everybody. I was doing every single show I could get, mm-hmm. this, that, and the third. And in no time, three years passed, and I hadn't put out anything. Wow. And I was like, nah, there's a problem there. So once I realized that, I like, yo, look, I need to slow down. Maybe not say yes to every feature that, that drives on my plate or anybody throwing money for a verse, maybe not say yes to every single show that pops up on my table and start making projects. I started, I started making, um, when I started doing still this mixtape, which you, you, you should definitely check out that series. There's four of them. I put out one and two. When I put out one, I, I already started doing good and I could tell people really liked the concept. They didn't know I had the second one finished. So three months later, I put out the second one. After that, I was able to like tour. I went. I had a few European tours. I did a lot of great things. And then I kept going. I kept going. And I think, I think to be honest with you, already just doing two projects back to back was enough for me to start touring. So I can say that it started paying off for me mm. in that sense. Because once you start getting paid to do shows, you start touring. You see people are buying your merch. You see you're out there. Uh, overseas somewhere people want it wants your autograph and stuff you could already say okay i'm doing something you know music took me there you know what i'm saying i didn't pay my way there. music's taking me here but then i think that year in 2018 when i released 10 projects i got like awards from different shows and this and that called me you know artist of the year this and that all those are biased you know what does that mean don't mean nothing but it's still there still people seeing like yo this dude is doing his thing and i'm I'm talking to people. I think at that point, it really started paying off for me, where it's like, look, I built the catalog. I showed people that I could put a project together and I could put projects together and that I'm not diluting the quality. Right, it's right. Like, it's not just me just putting projects and just freestyling on every beat and just talking about the same thing. Like, If you really listen to my music, you're like, damn. This guy has concepts. Yes, I, I, different songs, different tempos, different rhythms. I'm not just just doing one thing. And 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 I think people realize that we're really listening because it takes time for people to really start listening to you. Like you, you just said, which I appreciate the honesty. You said, yeah, yeah, I just started checking you like these last few projects. Yeah, which is good because I'm getting to that. But people started li- and when you listen to the project, you're like okay, this guy's interesting. Yes. And I think that's what people started listening. When they were listening back then, they start, they, they realized that it was just more than quantity. It was like, damn, I really had a point of view, a perspective. I really cared about the craft. I really thought out these songs. Right. And once people realized that, I think that's when I st- it started paying off for me. Dope, dope. 
you know, and I, and I have to also say, man, like in terms of, I'm definitely no stranger to you as an artist. Like I've heard a number of your features over the years, but in the sense of me actually sitting down and listening to your full albums, cause I'm a lyric head. So I really listen you know, right through right. to the album. And it, it takes a lot of time. Like, it's not it's not what everyone out here is doing. You know, I've I've had conversations right. with um some of my peers and they just don't got the time to listen to lyrics like that, you know. But for me, it's, it's a fun thing for me because I'm just a, a fan of the art. Um, but, you know, just right. speaking in reference to your skills and your, and your abilities as an MC, one of the things I really like about you is your versatility. On... Three fourths, which is another track on this on this um, Street Universe album, your flow on that track is so dope. I think you got a. I think you start off where you rhyme taboo with nabu clavicles blue, leaving tablets as a clue. Master salute, past the loot, running laps round loops. <laughs> then you go on to say right. wave different, ancient praise giver, slave shifter, shape shift into a a lister. You know that's a little just. I don't know if I'm saying everything correct, but that's just some of the the lines that I'm hearing, and I'm like, man. You know, you are so, like, clever with the rhymes. I'm just curious to know, like, when you think of your rhyme patterns like that, how do you get yourself to be in such a pocket? Man, that's a good question. Like, I think I think it's just, it's just, it's just, I'm at a point where I just feel that shit. Like, mm. I really don't really think about it. I, I, I do what feels good. And, you know, I, I, as I hear a beat, that I did start flowing automatically, right? And then, like, I just, I just start saying things, and and they, they feel good. Mm. And you know, as long as it feels good, I just get caught. It, it's really a, a a true flow, to, like like with capital letters. You know, what I'm saying it's not. It's just like something flows through me, and it, it it's like it, it's a thing where I don't I don't come there with any preconceived ideas. And I will tell you why. You probably subconsciously think that that song is extra ill. I don't know if you know. But the reason why that flow is so crazy, that song is not a regular time signature. Mm, okay, so I didn't that's why that. it's called force. Usually rap is four four. Almost like ninety nine point nine percent of rap and most music you hear is four four. This beat uh, is, is a three four beat. That that's why the bars don't 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 land the same way. So mm. you got to be extra comfortable with like being uncomfortable with that flow. And, and, and I was able to do it because Giala had that beat. He's like, yo, man, I don't know. I, I got this dope beat, but these MCs don't want to rock on it because it's weird. But I think it's dope. And I heard it. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could rock that. <laughs> because I've done that. I've done that before. So many different weird, weird time signatures. And sometimes it's just more exercise for me because some of these songs are hard to listen to. Not this one, but there's, there's others that I've done because it's so it's so awkward. And and that's why that flow got to be extra ill because you can't just have a pre-written rhyme on a regular beat and it's going to sound crazy. If you take that beat and you try to rhyme like your favorite prodigy bars or whatever, you'll see that it won't, it won't fit because it's not the same time signature. Interesting. Spoken like a true MC, man. I like that. Yeah, so man, I mean that, that 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 I was glad Gallo, you know, gave me something like that. It's cool to to like fuck people up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely worked. Like you, if you paying attention, I mean, you it 
you don't even have to be really listening so much to catch the groove as a listener. But you know, then right. me being a, a listener, I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to everything, and I'm like, yo, it's, it's adding up. It's actually making sense, you know, like, and it's right, and it's right. flowing. So that was dope. Now another Thank track you. on that album uh, is called Devil's Playground. You got a line on there where you say, and it's a domino effect because others find you and follow because you woke up the dormant light inside you. What do you think is the biggest obstacle that keeps someone's inner light continuously in a dormant state? I think it's the fact that we are shoved in life in such a subtle and violent manner. Birth is, you know, it's just like, damn, you, you get pushed out of a, a, a woman's womb, mm -hmm. your mom's womb, and you're in a, like, you know how movies start and it's like those movies where it's like you're in the middle of the action mm -hmm. and, you, and you have to wait till the movie is in the middle or even sometimes the end to really find out what's going on. Sometimes they, they can keep you confused. I think life is like that. Mm. It's like you grow up and you think you know, but you don't really know. And and I think that it's everybody's, you know, who, at, at, when it comes time for you being an adult, you have to kind of like wake up from your slumber and it's a choice. It's kind of like the red pill, uh, the blue pill, red pill thing. It's like, do you just accept everything that the way that it is do you do you look deeper do you fight against it do you do you know what i mean it's, and it's like some people and, and and i realized i have a unique perspective because being that i've bounced around a lot and i've traveled a lot it's easy to get perspective on things because then you realize everywhere is different but everywhere is the same at the same time a lot of people don't don't leave their like 20 mile radius for most of their lives. Like most people in the world don't, don't, don't move around that much. So you're limited to the thought process of the people that are around you, your neighborhood, mm -hmm. whatever you, you know, all of your life and you can't see outside of it. That's why sometimes people, you know, they like an outsider like me, I'm not from the gang life, but, and then, then you, you watch something and, and you, you hear people talk about, I grew up in a gang and that's all you know. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, this is fascinating. But that person might be looking at your life like, wow, this is fascinating. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's like, and, and so I think it's important, especially nowadays where it's easier than it used to be to like, just go kind of outside of the box so you can look at yourself from the outside looking in a little bit. I think you could grow a lot and you could realize like, yo, this is who I'm, I am. Yeah. You could be born in a family where your parents or your mom or your dad are so like drill sergeant like where you don't even have a chance to think for yourself. They're like, yo, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to do this. or you're going to do that. And like maybe and, and inside your heart, you're an artist or something. And you're like, look, I'm an artist. It's like me. Like I grew up in an African household. They're immigrants. So immigrants, they work very hard and they want you to go to school and they want you to get a good job. And they mm -hmm. want you to do this. So they like, you know, it's, it's really stringent. And but they divorced. When I was 16, and they, 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 they had to go back. They left. They left the country. So I was here by myself. So I was able to explore life on my own for the first time. You understand what I'm saying? So I guess it's a lot of being alone a lot, too. And then, you know, meditating and everything, I started realizing, man, you know, this music, I, school is cool and all that, but 
this music thing is really what what drives my soul. Mm. And I think everybody needs to at some point see what what really drives them, what they're passionate about, you know, yeah. because what, 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 a lot of times, like, I know what it is to do, like, you know, jobs, like minimum wage at CVS, lifting boxes overnight and all that. But that, that shit kind of kills your soul. If you got, if you know you could do other things that are more valuable, that, that please you more, nobody like to be told what to do and this and that, whatever. I mean, some people might, I, I don't know, but like, mm-hmm. that's what I mean by finding your light. It was like me, emancipating myself from my mental jail to be like society is safer for me to like probably get a job, get a 401k, you know, buy, get a mortgage, buy a crib and this, that, and the third, but it's not me, man. Mm. Like I, I, I'm an adventurer, man. I got things to say. I got a perspective. I yeah. got to live. I want to travel and music hip hop could allow me to do that. Yeah. You know, when, when I, when I heard the line, when I thought about dormant light, I just thought about just this idea of like one finding their voice, right? That 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 thing yep. that they were meant to speak about or to share with the world that um has been kind of been held for whatever reason, you know, just being able to like amplify that and really be who you're meant to be. So um exactly that explanation makes a lot of sense, man. And, and and even even on a smaller level in rap, I had to find my voice. I didn't automatically find my yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. And e- even my my voice itself, like I you know, I probably if you hear a record from ten years ago, I probably sound a little different. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. I had to really, really find my voice, literally. You know what I mean? Dope. Now the the last track on the album you feature with uh, John Robinson is called Roadmap. You got a line where you say the culture moves with us. It's good as long as we're doing us and our history is oral. We know who to trust. That's a really dope line, man. Uh, can you expound Thanks. on the concept of our history being oral and that understanding being able to provide a sense of trust? Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand. Like, especially that, that ties a lot to my African roots. You know, like in Africa, it's like, for example... In Comoros Islands, there's no the, the language is is uh, it's like Swahili, right? And it's mm-hmm. not it's not that's not a really an, it's an offshoot of Swahili. It's like seventy percent Swahili. It's Comorian, okay. so there's, it's not really a written language. It's not a literary language. You know what I'm saying? So you're not really gonna find books or anything like that. And the way stories and history is translated is through songs. You know, you'd be in the village, the, the village, the, it's like an African, the griots, they sing like their history and they transmit it to their kids that sing it to their kids and stuff like that. And there's a lot of knowledge and proverbs that you learn from your elders, this, that, and the third. And it's funny because, um, shout out to my, to, to my homie, uh, Sunyaz Allah, who's like a, a teacher in, in a school of Mecca, five percenters in, a, in a Harlem. Mm. He also taught me that you know the five percent is just like an oral tradition mm. you know it's like it's, they, they 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 have whoever whoever teaches you you know they, they 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 give the knowledge to you then you 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 in turn will give the knowledge to other people like that and i think hip-hop allows us to keep that tradition alive in some way because we're recording what we're saying yeah so it's just and it's not to downplay books. I mean, books are very important. I, I, you know, everybody should read. I should. I read, I read too. But there's that. There's that way of communicating through song and through bars, and, and, and that that's 
super effective. Like I, I, I do here and there. I do some workshops at certain schools, like uh, in Brownsville and Rikers Islands and things like that. And you can see how a song could teach or a verse, nicely yeah. written verse, could teach like a youth something more than them reading a book where they might find boring or they don't have the attention span to right. like read the end. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that. That's our power. Like you, we, we could we could speak to each other and retain and, and learn things and drop jewels or make you feel something through through oral, you know, through oral transmission. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's dope. And you know, it reminds me of like it's like culture. Like you, you know, you years back, you know, sitting with your grandfather and he reading you a like an old story, you know, and there being like a, a message of wisdom within the story, you know, just that, you know, you know, I used to sit around our elders right. and they kind of talk to us. So it definitely right. reminds me of that. And and that's so powerful to culture, to our knowledge, you know, just knowing our history. So yeah, I, I get it. Definitely. For sure. So I want to shift gears to talk about um, another project that you released not too long ago. And that is the um, the stuff of legend. Right. And mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. It's produced by one producer. His name is Road Data. Yes. OK. Exactly. Got it. I'm not too familiar with him. Can you give a little insight on who he is as a producer and how you guys linked up? Yeah, he's a he's an up and coming producer. Like, like Jalo uh, Point has has more years in the game right. and, and more to his catalog. The way uh, me and him don't know each other personally. Uh, he's from Canada, and uh, Jordan Commander, who's a publicist up there, who me and him have a lot of dealings through different things uh, with music, music related and stuff like that. He's a real cool dude. We talk sometimes. He was telling me that, yo, like he really wanted me to work with uh with his man, Rod Rod wrote that data and shit. And I was like, all right, let me see what he got. And and he's like, we gotta he had a whole concept in mind. Cause he had produced this this project called the Big Turks, I think with um Lord Juco, Rome Streets, and Jamal Gasol. And I was featured on it. So mm-hmm. that was I think that was the first time I I I I, I heard about him and I rapped his beat. And Jordan, after that project, Big Turks, he's like, yo, we want to do something for you. And he had the cold concept. Like, the stuff of legend, I didn't even come up with that name. And, like, Dope. the fact that all the titles are the legend of this, the legend of that, that, that. He came up with that. So I'm like, look, he's really? basically okay. giving me the alley-oop. See what I'm saying? So it was different from my usual projects where I usually come up with, every, like, most of the concepts. You know what I'm saying? And um, so basically... He, he, it was a jazzy, like it was a. He, he likes to sample jazzy things and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, "Yo, it's just something different for me." So let me do it. Dope, dope. You know, as I'm looking at the title here, you know, the word "legend" stands out, and obviously, your the the ending part of your name is "legend," right? Did that have anything right. to do with it when he decided to come up with the title? He was like, "You know what, you you the legend, you Napoleon the legend." So let's try to get you with some a legend theme. Was that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's exactly that's exactly what inspired it. Dope, dope. My name, yeah. I gotta say, like, it's very, it's an intriguing project. Just off of the cover artwork alone, you know, um, it's like one of those projects that you're like, it's like a mysterious book. You kind of want to open up and, you know, have it <laughs> take you through the journey, right? Talk to me about how you guys 
chose the the characters or, or maybe I'll say this. How did you guys intend for the music to signify and reflect the characters that each track is named after? Because we see a lot of like um, mythological characters or these creature like characters that have legends to yeah. them like you. But there's certain names like I, I recognize a Nancy off the top because I grew up in the Caribbean. I remember being told about the Anansi stories and, you know, some of the other legends I've, I've heard about, but just talk to me about, you know, how you guys chose each legend. Well, it was just basically, it, 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 you know, it, it was supposed to be every song title was a, a mythological monster. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just, it was more of a fun thing. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, Minotaur, Anansi, uh, Basilisk, the snake thing, yeah. Chimera, you know what I'm saying? Like the three different uh, animals in one and stuff like that. It, w it, wasn't, it wasn't really from a, from a deep level. It was more like, it was more like, yo, let's, let's take the illest monsters and just name each track like that. And honestly, it was the, the tracks, it was mostly the vibe of the beats that they gave me that dictated what I was going to say on the tracks. Okay. So it's like, I have a way, I have a way of just, I let the music speak to me. And like, like I said, the words come after, you know what I'm saying? So the titles were more of a game we were playing that had to do with like that, like seeing that mysterious aura type thing. Got it. And then the beat kind of dictated the theme, not the actual title. I see. Okay. I see. I see what you're saying. The beat had an influence on the theme. That's what's up. Yeah. Right. You know, cause I'm, I was listening and I'm like, I'm hearing certain songs. Like, obviously you got skits on there. Like I think the first skit is talking about the Minotaur. And then there's another skit that, you know, that, you know, talks about different legends, you know, but then I was listening. I was like, yo, I wonder if he's throwing like little coded messages in the lyrics that are referencing kind of characteristics of these, these monsters you know, um, so there was, you didn't do anything like that? Because I thought I no, said something I did, like I did, that. I did, I did, I did. Okay, like, got like, it. Like, like Legends of Cyclops, you know, I talk about Operation Cyclops and stuff like right. that from um, from uh, the Watchmen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, I think the Legend of Basilisk, I talk about two-headed two dragon up in the big leagues, like Siegfried, like, yeah, uh, coated, I noticed that. with blood except for a fig leaf. That that, that That's like a, 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 a mythical legend. So like, I throw in like little things here and there, but I, I know how I have this thing. You should check out when you get a chance. My um, anime project that I, that I did. The first one is called Bronze Saints. It's from an anime called Saint Seiya. It's like you can hear this album without knowing anything about the anime. However, if you do know the anime, you'll you'll hear some ref references. Right. So I'm like. I'm good at like throwing like little things where you might catch it, but you don't need to catch it to get the point. Indeed. Indeed. You know, I, I got to say one of my favorite tracks on the album is legend of Kappa. And mm. I noticed in the song, you're talking a lot about like, um, you know, an individual being underrated and like trying to get their just due. And when I studied the actual, the actual Kappa, the monster or the creature Kappa I, he looks kind of like underrated, right? He's like very, you know, right. hideous looking and, you know, goofy. could be a little weak <laughs> and stuff. So I was like, I wonder if like, I was wondering like if what you were talking about in terms of, 
you know, that that struggle and, and trying to get your just due was referencing the characteristic of the Kappa? Like I said, like I allude to certain things, you know, when it comes to, to, to the thing and, and, and like it, it seamlessly it seamlessly comes together like that, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I, when I was looking at the Kappa and stuff, subconsciously, that's what I thought. I'm like, yo, this kind of a goofy looking monster compared to the others. But I like the name, too. So it's like. All that affects the, the, the way that I write, man. It's like the, the subtleties of, of everything that I don't know. I got a way where I could I could synthesize a lot of different shit into a rhyme, and I don't even I don't even do it like um, sometimes often consciously. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And you know, you said it, it's like the music speaking to you too, like the beat speaking to you. You know what the the, the title is, and you kind of just right. flow with it. So I, I could I could see that. You have that knack, you know, but that's dope, man. Let me see. There's another line. I think yeah, it is on the legend of Cap as you were speaking about it, where you say, had to wake my conscience up. They took my tonsil out. This girl told me my life was something to write a song about. Eight albums later, still ain't said the half of it. Now, I know it's way more than eight albums later for you, but that line stuck with me because I was curious to know, like, why do you feel like eight albums later in, you still haven't gotten halfway into telling your story? Yo, because it's so freaking fast. I'm like, look, like, I think probably while I was writing this, it was probably, in, it, like, it was probably around my eighth, I guess, because look, I have all these projects. For me, it's just projects. But th I think sometimes I look at it like, what's official albums? Because I have mixtapes, too. Right, I got right. ETs, too, and stuff like that. So, look, man, I'm, I'm still writing a lot of projects as we speak. Like, So, it's like, so as I'm going, I'm realizing how much there is for me to talk about. And there's parts of my life where I didn't really, I didn't really choose to go there yet because maybe the... The, the vibe wasn't right. Maybe the beat wasn't right. Maybe this and that. And I'm like, like I still have a lot of uh, a facets of my life that I, I one day want to touch on and one day went to discuss. And I'm realizing that I haven't really got a chance to do it. You know what I'm saying? I rap about so many different things. Some songs might rap about just like just bars. Yeah. Some songs I might. So it's like personal songs. There's only a few each project, to be honest with you. It's like, I, I don't think I've yet to do a project where every song is personal. Like this, there'll, there'll wow. be some songs where I'm, I'm flexing. There'll be some songs where I'm this and that. And then you'll catch that one where I'm like, yo, I'm really talking about what's going on right now. So I yeah. still have a lot to go when it comes to that. You know, but that speaks to your level of creativity, right? Like the fact that you feel like you're still, there's still so much to you, for you to offer, Right. Like that. That's a That's a beautiful um virtue. Right. To be able to, you know, still share so much, you know, unique to the world, you know, so. Right. I, I mean, that. I want to be able to be to be vulnerable, like a lot of rappers like they, I, I, you know, they have this persona where it's like they, they always got to be like, you know, this uh, whatever the persona tell, tells them to be. But I want to be able to like sometimes be like, yo, shit, I, I was I used to be fucked up. I didn't know like mm. I didn't know if I was going to pay the rent, you know, last month type shit. Or, you know, I, I was, you know, I somebody, one of my friends double crossed me and stuff like that. I never thought he would do something like that shit like that. Like I want to be able to talk about 
very personal things so people could, could, could see themselves in there like, yo, I go through the same shit you go through, that type of shit. You know, it's very important. And to be honest with you, I'm working on like eight projects at a time right now. So what wow. I said on that song, he said the half of it, it must be true because it, I'm actually in, working on a lot Another more eight. <laughs> wow. Right. That's what's up. Now, yeah, I, I wanted to reference that. I'm not sure if it was the legend of Kappa, but I feel like that line did come from there. So if I'm wrong, I think so too. I think yeah, so too. It's, it's either on that or one of the other tracks, but um, it definitely stood out to me. All right. So on the legend of Amarok, can you talk a little bit about the symbolism of the Amarok, like wolf-like creature, as it uh, pertains to the adversity that you talk about in the song? Like, what role does their creativity play to to the significance of the song? Because you speak a lot of, like, if you listen to the song, that song talks a lot about adversity and dealing with strife and overcoming as well. Like, talk about the symbolism of the Amarok wolf-like creature as it relates to the adversity that you talk about in the song the amarok like amarok like you said is like a wolf-like creature right yeah and but unlike usually wolves like in nature like in real life and you know these, these are fictional characters but in real life wolves like they work in packs and they hunt in packs and they're social animals however the amarok like he hunts by himself and he's by himself right so it's 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 really ties to a lot of my life because, like I said, when I was younger, I grew up. Both of my parents were there. However, with all the culture shock and all the, because like you know, they're coming from like Lower East Africa to come to France, and then that's already culture shock. Then comes to America's double culture shock. So it was a lot of like rocky things in the household when I was growing up, especially when I started becoming a teenager. They ended up splitting up and they left. My father went to the Ivory Coast of Africa. My mother, she went back to France. And I was in America. I had no family. Now, I had friends. I had, you know, friends' family that knew me that, you know, if I ever needed something, you know, it's not like I was all alone. But yeah, I was still alone. So I knew what it was to take care of myself, to like, you know, be be my myself during holidays. You know, mm-hmm. like people take for granted when it's Thanksgiving is dead. They're going to their family. They're going to a friend's house when there's Christmas, when there's these things. I've had mad these holidays just sitting in, in, in a, like in a studio apartment just by myself, just chilling, eating some fucking ravioli or some shit, you know, some, some Chef Boyardee or some shit. Right. So it's like, I've dealt with a lot of solitude and just being, and I'm used to it. Like not, not enough. I wasn't weeping in my room. You know what I mean? I was chilling, listening to music, watching movies, watching video games, but by myself, knowing that people were with other people. So that part, I guess it taught me a lot, man. Like I said, it, it, it just, I, I, I kind of relate to that, to the Amorite because I had to, I had to like make something out of my life. I, I'm at a point where, I don't get bored. Like a lot of people be like, you see them on social media, you go on Facebook and they time like, oh, I'm so bored. It's so boring. Like even in this time now, like where there's a lot of loneliness because they're, 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 there's a lot of countries that are locked down, the cities that are locked down with the mm-hmm. quarantine. Yeah, I could be by myself. I'm, I'm never bored. But because I'm used to being alone, you know what I'm saying? I've grown to be like, all right with it. You know what I'm saying? So I think 
that 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 part speaks to to a lot of my experience in my life because I I spend a lot of time in solitude. Got it, got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. So now I want to talk to you about this new project that's officially out now that people can find it on like the streaming platforms, the Dragon Ball G project. Talk to me about how you decided to go with this. Like, I mean, obviously it's the Dragon Ball Z theme. How did, um, what inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to do a full project inspired by Dragon Ball Z, I mean, Dragon Ball Z and just go all out. And where did you get the G from? How does the G replace the Z? <laughs> yeah, so, so I started last year, like, I've always had this idea. I used to watch a lot of it. Like, like I said, I was in solid tool too, but I used to watch a lot of Japanese anime growing up. And, um, I used to get certain animes from some of my cousins overseas that weren't out over here. So I like say, say is not really known over here. It's only started getting on Netflix, like probably a year ago. Actually at the same time I dropped my project, mm-hmm. I've been watching these things. I've been watching Dragon Ball before it, it was, it was popular in America. So I grew up to a lot of this. It, it was part of my story. And one of the things I love was the music. Mm. And it was always in the back of my head to like take some of that music and freak it in a hip hop thing. And I used to ask producers to do it, but they just didn't get it. Wow. Because you, you, get, you get producers a sample and they try to get all choppy chop. You know what I'm saying? You don't even recognize what it is no more. It might sound cool, it's creative, but I'm like, look, the point of this shit is that you... If you like the anime, you're like, oh shit, he took that part. You know what I mean? Like you got, you got, you gotta like keep it pristine in a way and freak it well. So it got to a point. Saint Seiya, which is Bronze Saints, I put out last year, last summer, was the first time I did that and I produced it myself. Then I did Fist of the North Star, which a lot of people know here too. I did that. I did an EP with that. So it gave me rules. Like I need to only take music from that and. I figured, man, you know what? Dragon Ball is one of my favorites. It's well known. A lot of Dragon Ball fans. Yeah. And I'm like, when the first ones would just kind of be creative, I know Fist of the North Star people know, but Dragon Ball, like, everybody knows that shit. I'm like, so I'm like, if you like Dragon Ball and you like hip hop, chances are you're going you're gonna to dig this shit. Definitely. So I put it together like that. And the G was like, it could be whatever you think. I, I was thinking more G is in Kai. Like, I'm a Dragon Ball guy type mm. shit. You know what I mean? But I, it's not like, it's whatever you want it to be. Nah, you know it makes saying? sense. Dragon Ball G. I like it. I like it when you put right. it like that. Well, you know, right. in hip-hop, G is is like even slang. Yo, what's up, G? You know, what's peace, G? Right. You know, so we get it. We get it. I get it. That's exactly. dope. Now, I thought... It was interesting because I wanted to ask you, but you revealed it earlier that you actually produced it. And when you when you when you said that um you've reached out to producers in the past to try to create that sound and it didn't work. But you being a like a, a Dragon Ball Z fan, I was like, I'm sitting over here kind of just like applauding you because I'm like, that's the artist in you, you know, like wanting it to be done right and i think you made a the, the the best decision doing it because you know how you want it to sound being an authentic fan of a dragon of exactly. dragon ball z yeah exactly i mean I, i'm always like like I, I had that thought for a long it's one of these things with doing what i'm doing now it's like i've thought about it a long time ago before i, I was even capable of doing it you understand what i'm saying 
And like I said, yeah, you, you should definitely check out Braun Saints too because you will see how I wanted every beat to tell a story. I yeah. wanted to evoke the anime and, and, and I, I really put time into it to make it sound right. Yeah. And you know what I noticed too was like, you know, again, me just being a lyric head, like, and learning about the characters, I have to be honest with you, like, I've never watched Dragon Ball Z like that, but of course I got family members that watch it, that talk about it, you know, <laughs> um, right. and I had to kind of like find out about some of the characters and like, as I'm listening to the records on the, on the project, the songs represent the characteristics of the characters, you know, like when you talk about when you do uh, Master Roshi, like you, you give like a, a reference to like Master Killer. Um, when you say right. um, Javel Ari, <laughs> I thought that was right, clever. Right. And um, you talk about um, Perfect Cell, which, you know, I think you and you could correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like in the in the first in the first verse, you're talking about like the perfect evil that's done to oppress people. And the second verse, it sounds like, you know, you striving for perfection to be the best good that you could be, you know. So, like, I'm hearing these different meaningful tracks that kind of relate to the actual characters. And I'm like, yo, this is dope. And then you do Shenron where you, you know, you talk about um, the, I think the hook is talking about wishes. If I had these wishes and, you know, Shenron right. being able to grant wishes. So I think it's such a clever project, man. And I mean, for you to be six projects in and kind of not like, not stopping, you know, like it, with the creativity, like I think it's it, it's so dope and it speaks so much to what you have to offer artistically in hip hop. I appreciate that, man. Like I said, I I, I do. I, I want it. I, I want all that to make sense, and I wanted it to be to be really tight. And it it, it it's so much, so many ideas, and so many um, like even like you say, bro, Broly. Yeah, actually, the Broly. Yeah, the, the, the song, the song, the, the word in slang, brolic. I heard that people came. It got it came from Broly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is crazy. That uh, uh, like a uh, hip hop slang came from Dragon Ball. I never knew that. And, like that's that's crazy. You know, it, brolic you know, came yo, from. Bro not, I thought it would have been the other way around. Nah, because that's bro, crazy. Yo, Dragon Ball is older. Than yeah, I know. Think. I know. So yeah. It's like, I understand, I understand what people, like, you didn't watch it, but, like, me, I watched it, like, I would watch that when I was a kid. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Bro Broly is super, super brolic. <laughs> yes. Super brolic. And I think that, that a lot, some people I've read that they got that, that slang came from him. So, that's I don't know if, it, if it's true, but it would make sense. That's dope. That's a, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Now, um, on the track Shenron, which you was talking about earlier, you say, if I had one wish, I'd probably ask for five more good health, maybe more time. Tell me why you choose five more wishes in this day and time as opposed to that absolute one wish. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and you could kind of hear it. Like, you can hear how I create songs. Like, I let it come to me. Yeah. So my thing was like, Shamrock, if I had one wish, and I'm kind of thinking, like, imagine, like, you, somebody came to you and was like, yo, you got one thing to wish. 
And I was like, what would I do? And the first thing was like, All right, let me ask for some more wishes. So I could, you know what I mean? So I could double up because it's a wish, right? Right. So so it was kind of like me trying to think what I would say if I was with that situation. Like, what do you want? Nice. And then And then I started like naming a few more things. But I'm like, why not? If somebody's like, yo, you could get anything you want, like any wish you want. Well, all right, I want five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's dope. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? So it's just me being a smart ass, really. Dope, dope. But I mean, it's clever. It's definitely clever. All right, now, Thank you. on the track Go 10, I have to say, in, in, my, in my listening to this, we know that Go 10 is Goku's son. It sounds yep. like, um, you know, you're actually sunning the new generation of hip hop. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, but the way it goes down, it seems like you're talking about, you're telling the new generation of hip hop. It's kind of like you're schooling them. Like, you know, this is, this this lifestyle that y'all live in, you know, it, it doesn't represent the art. It doesn't rep the, represent the essence. And, um, you know, you're kind of just telling them to step their game up, you know. Is that kind of wh where you were going with that? <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, yo, I mean, it's pretty clear. Like, that, that, once again, like, yo, I have so much fun with this. You yeah, know, people got see. to realize, like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I enjoy doing this shit and I make myself laugh too. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta understand that part. Like, I have a good time doing this shit. And I was like, yo, why don't I take, cause Goten, like you said, is a young son Goku. So it's like, he's a child. And I'm like, why don't I take some happy gold, the happiest sample, you know what I'm saying? Because it sounds like something, right. something you can hear in Nickelodeon or something like that. But talk the most wild shit with this like happy ass sample. I was like, I, I just thought that was going to be interesting, you know, because you expect me to say some real positive shit where I'm actually like really going in on cats. And really, it's just me like kind of like just. I feel like I see a lot of corny shit. I see I like I, I see a lot of dudes that are afraid to be themselves and like everybody wanna be, you know, everybody wanna be what they see as the hottest thing right now. Let's say like in that in and in, in, let's say quote unquote underground rap, but I feel like they're more underground, but like it's cats like Westside, Conway, Benny, and they're killing it. And they they killing it. They've been doing it for a while. They they're mm -hmm. nice, they consistent. Like I got such high praise for these dudes, and but I feel like a lot of the other rappers are trying to be like them, mm. and it's like, yo, they're them already. Right. So why don't you try to be like your fucking self? You might be doing better. You know what I mean? So that, that's really me, kind of like, kind of like telling dudes like, yo, step your freaking game up because yo, we already got Westside, we already got Conway, we already got Benny. We don't need a hundred of them. Right. And right. like. I'm pretty sure if you were courageous enough to be who you are and wasn't so insecure and trying to trying to mimic, trying to be somebody you're not, you would probably do better for yourself. You probably feel better, or maybe rap ain't for you, and you should do something else. So basically, it's just like me kind of seeing like how everybody's on Twitter talking shit, being super cocky and this that, cucking their fans and shit. Like you know, and I'm like, man. That, that's corny, you know what I'm saying? And and it's just like, that's it. I'm just talking my shit, man. Y'all talk. My, I'd rather talk my shit on wax and talk my shit on Twitter. Mm. That's that's what it is. 
Wow. Well said. Well said, man. Napoleon, the legend, man. Thank you so much for rocking with me. I had a pleasure talking with you tonight, man. I'm definitely going to be listening to this project again. Like, there's so much to uncover in this Dragon Ball G project. And just with just the body of work that you put out, man, I want to thank you for, like I said, continuing to just put thought into your art. As far as your the rest of the year, I know you said this might be the last one. Any other thing that you would like people to know before the year closes out as far as your music or for, as far as what you have to offer? No, like what I want them to know is that I'm done for the year, officially. <laughs> like, no, you, you, you might hear, like, look, I, I do a lot of features and shit. So yeah, yeah. I always got music dropping without my control. Every week something new come out. So you're going to hear my voice that on um, verses here and there. But my project, this is it. And and I'm saying that because, yo, focus on this Dragon Ball G one because it's, I know you see the cover, you think cartoon, you might think it's some like goofy shit, but like it's really personal. I do it, 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 it's really, it's really hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. that's the essence of hip hop. You take one thing, you, you, you make that shit, you know, you make that shit gritty, you make that shit dope. And a lot of people also say, damn, you put so much projects i can't really i can't keep up yeah so yeah you got you got to the end of the year to backtrack and to and to and to really dig into the, all the projects i got because i guarantee you're gonna find jewels that you're gonna be like wow yeah. i can't believe he did this and that and a third because I, I i've done hundreds of concepts that i don't i, I haven't heard a lot of people do so just you know t- take your time digest what i what i got and next year i'm gonna have some more stuff yeah, I think it might take people more than a year, brother. They got some, they got some time, man. Like six projects, like, um, but I mean, like I said, man, I think, you know, the art is there to be digested in whenever, right? Like there's no limit to right. when you could digest it, when it put, you know, when, when you put it out. But um, it's right. definitely there and it's it's out there for people to grab. So, you know, just thank you for putting it out, brother. <laughs> Yo, man! Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me, Indeed. man. It's, it's it's such it's such a blessing to be able to just you know just put your ideas on wax and people all over the world, people you don't know, people such as yourself, and we could we could connect and talk about it, listen to it. I, I don't never take it for granted. That's why I I, I I'm I'm keep trying to you know push the pedal to the metal and still push myself to to always take it to the next level. You know. Wow. Well said, man, and a wonderful way to close it. So, again, Brother Napoleon the Legend, thank you so much for being a part of Out the Box Talks. I want to tell our listeners out there to continue to check for us. Remember to go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com. We have our merch store up, which is outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. We got some T-shirts, some some hats, some sweaters, hoodies, you know, you know, support the the merch, you know, support the movement of out the box media, quality hip hop journalism. We've been doing it since about 2009 and we're just happy to continue, you know, this in 2020. I pray everyone out there stays safe, stays healthy. Keep it a uh, peace, love and light out there, man, you know, and um, till the next episode, you know, keep checking out some of our you know, previous shows, just like Napoleon, we got a lot of episodes we put out this year. <laughs> so um, definitely go check right. out some of our previous shows and, you know, keep, keep showing that love. We really appreciate it. 
All right. So on that note, um, again, everyone have a good night. And we, we leave you with these last words. Peace, love, and light. <laughs>